This is the Unity Community of Central Oregon podcast. So I just want to start with gratitude because um, I just feel like I've never been received quite like this, like I've been received in Bend and from the community here, um, and uh, it's just completely blast my heart open you know so I I just want to start with that and thank you for the unity for hosting me here um, first talk at a unity um, or any kind of this kind of setting so it's it's a really um, it's really fascinating and it's beautiful for me to just kind of step into the next unfoldment of what whatever I'm stepping into so this is my uh, dissolution to unity and, and transformation and maturing myself so um, I'm really I'm, I'm welcoming it and um, I'm really grateful so today I wanted to share with you about Shiva so um, I've had the blessing of being on a beautiful yeah there we are Shiva um, this beautiful path of of yoga and yoga first got me started at the University of Oregon. I just started taking classes, and one of my best friends was just like, hey, you know, you should try this yoga thing out. It's kind of, it's, it's nice. It's cool. It'll make you feel better. And so I'm like, okay, sure, I'll try a yoga class out. And uh, needless to say, it completely transformed my life. Um, I, I took one class, and I just said, oh, my gosh. Like, my stress levels plummeted, uh, my heart opened up, I was just feeling better about life, and I was like, I'm going to keep taking that. I took four years straight of yoga at the University of Oregon, and it just started, continue, you know, just completely changed my life, transformed my life. And all of a sudden, at some point, I realized, wow, yoga is going to be my, my life path. I'm just going to be doing yoga. And then I wanted to teach, and then I'll, you know, pretty soon I started getting into mantras and chanting, and, and the devotion started blossoming in my heart, and, and I started learning more and more about the devotional path in yoga, and all of a sudden, it's just blossoming and blossoming and blossoming, and, and my life continues to be just an ever-blossoming because of this, this dedication and devotion on the path of yoga. And, of course, as we mature and understand spirituality we realize how much of it all becomes one right there's the crossover different flavors but it all becomes into one and um i remember when i was first starting it was it was tricky for me i didn't really i wasn't really too receptive to mantras and then i definitely was not receptive to deities um i was definitely more in the atheist camp first you know and then kind of had my awakenings and and so the deities and the, the concepts of, of that devotion to deities was kind of like the last threshold to like really push me over to a, the devotion um, in that sense. And I, and I felt like what was really important for me was to understand the context, both in a historical and cultural context, but then the relevancy of, of my experience with the deities and why like why is shiva and and the deities that you know come out of this yoga vedantic tradition why have they been around for thousands and thousands and thousands of years like why don't they get old like why doesn't it like fade why isn't this system just kind of like okay it's it's over with right like how many thousands of years are we going to you know be devoted to shiva when does it like go out of date well the deal is that if it's 
eternal, if it's timeless, it will never go out of date and it will never be irrelevant for our times. So no matter what, this is why it's called the sanatam dharma. So dharma means like the path of spirit, the spiritual evolution of, of, of our own personal growth. And that represents, there's three components of dharma. First and foremost, it's our, our own dedication to our own evolution, our individual indiv- uh, evolution. And then our evolution with Mother Nature, our continual harmony and growth with Mother Nature. And then it's how do we relate with also the humans, you know, in our, in our, in our sense of service and duty, to, you know, to, the, to offer our gifts, offer our, you know, our uh, calling. What's our calling? And what's going to really feed our heart? Okay, so sanatam means the eternal, the eternal dharma. It's like this, these teachings, if they go out of date, then it means that they're not, it's, they're, they're not timeless. So that means they're just going to go out of date. They're not actually relevant for the eternal timeline of consciousness. And so a teaching that comes out of these, these teachings for like Shiva is, is, a, is a way of connecting with the timeless teachings, the timeless sense of self. And when we relate to Shiva, Shiva is that aspect of consciousness which is const- was teaching us about dissolution, of transformation, of death, of the letting go. The, all those times where we're feeling like, Ah, you know, the big challenges of our life, the big transformations. And so I want to just talk a little bit here because this is a great iconography of Shiva. So Shiva um, here is dancing, and he is dancing with a ring of fire. He's dancing in the ring of fire. So this is a very famous um, depiction of Shiva in what's called the Nataraj. The Nataraj is the dance. He's in the dance of transformation, the dance of dissolution, the dance of death, the dance of letting go. So he shares with us, the teachings represent, like, can we dance when we're in the fire of transformation? the transformation, the dissolution, the apocalyptic experience of a COVID or a pandemic. Can we dance? Can we find our balance? Even amongst all the fear, all the upheaval, all the chaos, all the divide, can we find our center? Can we find not only our center, not only our dance, but Shiva is said to be doing the dance of bliss, the Ananda Tandava. Tandava is the dance and the bliss is Ananda. So the, the unending joy of having that perspective of, you know what? This is just part of life. This is part of the creation. This is how consciousness works. There's a creational part of it. There's a sustaining part of it. And there is going to be a dissolving, a dissolution And that happens at so many levels of our being, right? So that's why there's so many teachings on Shiva. This is why Shiva's known as the great God, Mahadev. Because ultimately, the greatest opportunity for us is to face our fears. And in particular, what's the greatest fear? What's the fear of COVID? Death. Death. So what do we have to face? 
What do we have to embrace? What do we have to dance with? Is that, that fear, even though that fear, and of course we can talk ourselves and we've read spiritual teachings about it and it's like, oh, death is just this great opportunity to go back to God. It's like, let's celebrate death, yes. And then when it starts facing you, you know, actually I had a change of thought about death. Uh, I actually don't wanna leave and I realize I have a lot of attachments about being human, you know? And when it comes to my relationships, it comes to food, when it actually, I realize that I actually really love planet Earth and I'm not really ready to leave Earth yet. So let's just, let's hold on for just a little longer. You know, let's do everything that I can to hold on, hold on. And we will. That's kind of part of how human nature is. We hold on until life forces us or we can have a certain level of realization to let go, to surrender and be with what is. And how many times have we seen it within our own self, within our own storylines, and within so many other storylines that's, that's just gripping. Oh, I don't wanna let go, I don't wanna let go, I don't wanna let go, I don't wanna transform, I don't wanna let, I don't wanna change. <sighs> <sighs> All right. All right. And then you do it, right? And then what happens? How many times have we had big transformations and we say, I really wish that didn't happen? You, you might. <laughs> but in the long run, we typically look back at our biggest transformations and say what? That's when I grew the most. That's when I matured the most. And you know what's interesting about the teachings of Shiva? So Shiva is depicted often. He's, he's the great ascetic. He renounces the world. He says, I don't need clothes. I don't need material things. I don't need shampoo or conditioner. I got dreadlocks, you know. I don't need soap, I'm all natural, and I don't even care of like weather and temperature. I go to the Himalayas and I meditate in the, the freezing cold caves of the Himalayas and I'm just in stillness. I'm just meditating with consciousness. I'm just in that great void, this, the vastness, timeless presence, absolute presence, masculine Shiva. But when Shiva's not in that place, he's dancing wildly. And where is, where is Shiva's favorite dancing place? The cremation grounds. He covers himself in the ash from the burned bodies and dances wildly in celebration of the transformation. So now this is a very interesting depiction because if any of you know Indian society and culture, it's a very 
you know, there's some very proper ways of doing things in Indian culture. And being a uh, ascetic and sadhu, although there's, this, of course, a, a context for that where they really appreciate and revere it, no one actually wants their kids to do that. <laughs> they all want them to get good jobs, they want to get educated, right, and they want to get married and have kids and the family. Like, so when, there's, when there is the child that starts showing the spiritual, uh, you know, inclination, they're kind of like, Oh, God, I really hope he doesn't go and be an ascetic. Like, my God, we love Shiva, but please do not go be Shiva. <laughs> you know, because there's, of course, there's attachment. They don't want to lose. And a huge part of that process is like, we got to letting go, this great letting go of the cultural norms, the cultural context, all the, the ways of being, the way we've been told we need to be to fit into a certain society, the way we need to dress, the way we need to think, the way we need to speak. And so Shiva just throws all that out the window. It's just like, you got to be you. You have to be you just the way you are. And you have to remember who you are. And you have to align with that presence of consciousness. So how do you do that? How do we embrace who we are amidst all that comes at us, especially in these times where there's such big challenges, where there's such upheaval, there's the dissolution of all the things that we thought. You know, this is so classic. COVID is so classic Shiva. It's so classic Shiva consciousness. It's like all these things we thought we wanted to do or how we, you know, we had the whole setup. And one invisible thing had to ruin so much, <laughs> change so much about our lives, you know? And then we have to go into an internal process. Masks, no masks, vaccines, no vaccines, gathering, no gathering, ah! Families, friends, all, you know, all sorts of chaos, political, ah, national, ridiculous, right? Shiva, stirring it up. Dancing, 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 dancing. Transformation, growth, evolution. Where do we stand? Where do we sit with ourselves through the whole process? How can we anchor into the truth of who we are, regardless of what is considered the great play, the Leela of life? So Shiva is the, reminds us there's a great play happening in life. And we can become really attached to it, and we can really suffer if we get really attached to the play and want to cling to the way things need to be, that we think that we want them to be. Or we can truly anchor into our timeless self and anchor that as our being. And that's one of the huge teachings of Shiva. How do we anchor into the rock-stable, timeless self amidst all the changes, all the upheaval, all the constant changes that life always is going to show us? It's always happening. Because ultimately, we have a ticker. There's always a ticker happening for every single one of us. 40s, 50s, 60s, 
70s, my ticker's coming up. 80s, the ticker's coming. How do we use the emotional states that come with all the transformation and get back into that place of surrender and offering back for the gratitude of life and the gratitude for all the changes. That's, that's like a whole nother step. How do we get to that place of, of like truly, not only just acceptance, but then like gratitude and then offering it back? So this is when we're talking about now the shift to devotion. How can I transform all the emotional states that come with all the upheaval, the, all the dissolution, and then give it back to source, give it back to consciousness, give it back to God, and being like, wow, in all your incredible majesty of life, all the incredible experiences I have, all the challenges I've had, everything in between, how can I be in this place of just reverence, of devotion? And so in this great yoga tradition, there's all these practices of devotion, the practices of, of kirtan, the practices of, of the call and response. And, and in that call and response, we typically are chanting the names or qualities of of say in this case the deity so we're going to particularly focus on shiva and um is this on doesn't seem like it's on anyways So in this, in this tradition, we, we use these names and these descriptions as a way to channel our emotions, channel our, our state of being into a place of, of reverence and of transcendence, of offering back. And it turns into, maybe we start, like say we start a kirtan and a song and you're feeling all sorts of emotions, you're feeling all moody and whatever you're feeling, all the feelings, you're there and you start chanting and you're like, oh God, I don't, I don't really want to chant today anyways. And, oh God, now I got to chant some weird mantras and oh God, you know, and then you, you start chanting and you're like, well, okay, all right. I mean, I kind of get into it and I like, all right, I kind of, I don't know, it's, I kind of like it actually. And you start getting into it a little more and, and then you know, your mind will play all the things. What are we even doing? Like, what are we chanting here anyways? Like, what is this? And at some point, you may experience the grace of just allowing, allowing the chant and allowing for your heart and voice to just express, just through the mantra, even if you don't even understand what you're singing. And you get to that place where the mind starts stilling and your heart starts expanding. And you, you realize and you know, okay, well, if I'm chanting to Shiva, I'm chanting to the, you know, let me 
align it with some aspect of my life that's really going into some transformation, some dissolution, some aspect of me that's changing, really changing. Some aspect of me that's, that wants to just be let go. Some aspect that's dying or is, has already died, has already been let go of. Okay, let me just, let me feel into that. Let me think into that and let me sing to that. And let me use this mantra as a way to just sing and celebration and sing and offering and sing and devotion because I have come to that awareness that this is just how God works. This is just how life is. That consciousness is always transforming. That death is just a part of life. That dissolution is part of life. How can I get to that place of just singing Om Namah Shivaya? I bow to that aspect of consciousness that is the transforming, that helps us all grow, helps us all evolve, helps us all change. If not, how many of us would change? If we like, truly looked at our lives, how many of us would truly change if life hadn't forced us to change? <laughs> we just feel like, you know, same old, same old, you know? Why would we want to change? I, we'll change a little bit. We're not going to do like leaps and bounds, you know? We don't typically like to do that too much unless life really gives us the... <laughs> so we sing. So I, I would like to introduce this next chant for us to just go into and, and just hold that into your, your field of awareness. We're talking about Shiva the transformative aspect of consciousness as it relates to the yoga tradition. And, and hold that, and then we'll chant. So here we have a chant, it's a beautiful chant. So let's go to the translation real quick before we go into that. Or if you have both, we can do both. Um, so we have these different names. So maybe some of you heard some of these chants, classic chants like Shiva, 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 Shambho, or Shiva, Shankara. So these are all different names. So Shambho, um, the simple one, the ascetic, Shankara, uh, destroyer of doubt and the doer of good. Namaha or nam, namaha um, is, yeah, I honor, I salute, or I bow. This is the root of like namaste, namastasye. There's all these different namo, namaha. All these are the root of, of just reverence, of, of appreciation. Shivaya to Shiva, um, the auspicious one. Yes, it's typically as uh, the auspicious one. The cosmic dancers, again, this, the Nataraj. Um, um, Girija, so we'll do, bring in a little bit of this description, is a name for Parvati. So Parvati is uh, Shiva's partner, Shiva's consort. Um, I don't have time to go into sh that story. We'll have to do it. That'll be another story. <laughs> That's right, okay. And then Arunachala, uh, a mountain in India uh, in the southern part of Kailash. Um, so there's, there's particular mountains and uh, regions that are very well known uh, to kind of be very auspicious places for Shiva. Um, and so we, we invoke that. We bring that into this chant. You know, you could almost think of like... Um, you know, it's interesting, like in our context, like what would the three sisters and bachelor, you know, what do they represent on a spiritual level for us? You know, 
as they hold so much space, as we look out into the, the mountains and uh, we see the beauty of them. I mean, what would it be without the three sisters and Bachelor? I mean, Ben would just be a completely different experience. Sisters would be a totally different experience. So there's this incredible reverence. And in that reverence, um, a lot of times it's depicted that there's, you know, the experience of consciousness is through these volcanoes or through the mountains. And then it's, of course, particular ones that are very auspicious are associated. These ones in particular are associated with Shiva. Okay, so we'll go back to the chant. We'll bring up the musicians here and we'll do a chant together and um, we can just see how it goes. So now, now I just invite you to tune into your emotional state, tune into your heart, and, uh, and just sing. Sing from your heart. Sing, sing to that aspect of transformation that's taking place within your life, either now or has taken place or is going to be taking place, okay? So we'll meet this, yeah, Kevin? Shambo Shankara Namah Shivaya 
Shambho Shankara Namah Shivaya Arunachala Shiva Namah Shivaya Shambho Shankara Namah Shivaya Arunachala Shiva Namah Shivaya Arum Namah Shivaya Om Namah Shivaya Om Namah Shivaya hands together now. Om Namah Shivaya. Om Namah Shivaya. Om Namah Shivaya, 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 Om Namah
Oh.